When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the round nine edition of Supercoach Edge. My name's Damon as I welcome in the Cripper to my Walsh in Ooh. Liam. Now, how's that? How do you Liam, mean? you like the... Yeah, I like being the Halley Cripper. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's um, it's a bit of news on your end, Liam. How goes it? I hear you are the lucky host of a, a bug named COVID. Mm. Now, I asked the question, Liam. Did you happen to sample one of those infected donuts that you spoke of last week when referencing the five Essendon players that went out through illness? No comment. No comment. <laughs> I, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> yes. Yes. I did take a big bite out of the, the COVID donut last week. Actually, mm. I tested positive the day after the, uh, the podcast Record. last week. Yeah. So you can see how I was fine. And then the next day I wasn't. Uh, Amazing. While I was in that, while I was recording, actually. So I have been a little bit under the weather. Um, the upside, though, I did get to watch plenty of footy this weekend. I think I watched... I watched every game, not oh, all wow. of them, but not ev- not the whole of every game, but I watched a little bit of every game, at least at least a quarter or a half. So yeah. did pretty well. Um, as oh, I was nice. a toasty little burrito on the couch on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> nothing better, nothing better. So you had your turn of being a burrito, where yeah. I had my turn of being a, I was a, I was a toasty little burrito, but I was one that was, uh, had weeping eyes, running nose, like mm. a tap. Wasn't the most glamorous burrito. Not one you'd want to order through um, GYG. Love ya. <laughs> but anyway, enough about uh, enough about COVID. Uh, there's some big news, as you referenced about some uh, primos uh, this week, mm. regarding a, a very popular primo in Jack Steele. Yes, yes. The uh, the prognosis wasn't good for the uh, ever-reliable midfielder, as we'll be forced to use a trade on him, unfortunately. Mm. And uh, we'll run through that, of course, uh, in, the, um, uh, in our trade segment. In terms of you know what what are the best options to uh, to look at potentially and and also strategies that you could use 
uh, when it comes to maneuvering this latest setback. But uh, let's kick it off, Liam. Let's jump right in by reliving, I'm going to call it past traumas, in the mm. form of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, and the good, the bad, and the ugly, we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams performed and the players stood out for both good and bad reasons. And yes, I kick it off yet again. And I'm I'm actually really miffed because I lost by three points. Mm. Yep. You, you, you kind of came from the clouds, I must admit, because... I did, yeah. Going, it, was, it was very unexpected. Going into the... Uh, I think it was the Carlton game. I had a look and I was like, I was projected to, to beat you by a good... 50 to 100 points or something. Didn't really pay too much attention. All I saw was the margin was was big enough for me to not worry about it. And then what happened next? Post the Carlton GWS game and the end of the round, of course, as well, you messaged me. And and mm. I, was, I, I was miffed because I had no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I can't remember what you said, what you said, what you said initially, but it was something, it was words to the, what'd you say? It was... I think I was like, I've... Holy shit or something in like... Yeah, I was like, capital, holy shit. This is what you said, word for word. <laughs> I know what I'm Word for word. Said. Yeah. You won by three fucking points. And I just sent I just sent the emoji of like the question mark yeah. on that specific note. I was like, what? <laughs> I thought you were referencing like another like my league match, like our you know, Supercoach Edge League match. No. And then you responded with you followed it up, sorry, with Fuck me. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and I just responded with, what? I, I had no idea. And before I had the chance to even have a look at our respective scores, you sent through the screenshot. Me at the top in in the, my specific matchup with uh, with Emp, of course, as well, yep. which um, I was very lucky to um, to knock off on the weekend. Mm. And Thank you me. and your matchup, and you said, top and bottom. Just that's all you said. <laughs> and I was like, ha, ha, shit. <laughs> It's like the third matchup I've lost. Like the, I think round one I lost on scaling. That's how close That's it right. was. At the end of that game, end of the last game, we were we were tied, and then um, and then scaled. I got scaled down a couple of points, or you got scaled up a couple of points. I don't know. Jeez, oh, yeah, it's, it's it's another another in the whole production line. I'm going to call it of of single mm. digit losses that you've had, which is super unfortunate. But um, I'm having a pretty shit year at the moment, so I must I must admit. So am I. And uh, so you you give me a little bit of little bit of hope to latch on to, but not not too much. I'm glad. Um, something to look forward to, but glad something comes yeah. out of my shit scores. Uh, <laughs> not to yeah, the wheels got to turn. <laughs> a good segue. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stand back. Very good. <laughs> on to my shit score. Uh, Two thousand one hundred and ten for this round. Uh, I fell in the overall ranking as well, down to 27,436th overall. Uh, my trades were uh, Noddy, Ward and Rochelle to Sicily. Love that score. Uh, Carol and Rioli as well um, on field, which which hurt. Uh, but we'll get on to that in a second. Uh, in the good, I've got Damon's boy, Sammy Welsh. Had him for a couple of weeks now. High score for the year. A very welcome sight in my side this week. And just needed to score like three more points. And I would have would have been even happier. And that, he was, I must say, he was the main reason as to why you came romping home mm. and almost knocked me off. Off the back of that great man. And 
he's kind of a bit of a kick in the guts he's delivered to me because I had the option of trading him in, which I'll get into when I chat about my team. But yes, um, let's just leave that there. Yep. He, um, he virtually almost single-handedly beat me, Pulled um, me in back. the matchup. Yeah. In the bad, I've got Jaden Short, which is probably a bit harsh. Um, but an 88 just isn't exactly what I was wanting for my primo defenders. Need to try some high standards to uh, get myself back up those ranking points. So got to crack the whip there. Uh, yep. And in my ugly, I've got a twofer. Ooh. Got both Lockie Whitfield's 43 and Stephen Coniglio's 37. Oh, but you know what? That's ugly, but there's yep. hope. There's hope, hope that there's a return to decent scoring when these two, you know, gun players really get played in their best position with the departure of, uh, I reckon every super coach player's nemesis, Leon Cameron. So hopefully, hopefully we see some nice scores from these two with uh, a caretaker coach coming in and just letting the players play in their natural positions. Yeah, he's... Um... He's, he's one guy that um, is the bane of of every probably gone a bit too far, but I'm going to say the bane of every super coach's existence because mm. you know we we did dub Chris Scott especially last season the man who shall not be named, but I think yeah. he is worthy of that title given what damage he has done to uh, to all of our teams because a lot of people would have especially uh, Canelio in their sides um, and Whitfield mm. I think at one stage was the most owned player in the competition not so much now because a lot of people have uh, grown frustrated and rightly so but um, going from talking about one shit I'm going to say shit bloke shit coach to a shit team and that is mine because I didn't fare much better than yours Liam with a terrible score of 2,113 and the low light of which was fielding the new recruit in Rioli who returned a 7 Ah, gee whiz. Yeah. You know, we spoke of the potential of him, you know, to have, you know, a bit of a downer due to the nature of his role, uh, which we touched on last week. But I can guarantee we didn't bargain that it was going to be a score that low that he scored on the weekend. But um, I, I must admit, seeing like seeing his score, I think I was, I was tuning in during the game and he was like going up and down. I think he got to like 12 at one stage and then just kept mm. going down, 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 down. And then at the end... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference another Simpsons moment, classic moment, where Milhouse is standing on top of the monkey bars looking sad with the wind blowing in his hair <laughs> and got the dark sky in the background. And Ralph comments, There stands a broken man. It's recess everywhere but in his heart. And that's, <laughs> that's how I feel. Uh, uh, it's just, think, it's just bro- broken me. I think you're right, though. I think he, he was on like three at quarter time. I feel like he was on about seven at, at half time, and then yep. got up to like 12 and then came all the way back down to, to seven. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't yeah. know what he was doing, but uh, on to the overall ranking and I guess the impact he and the rest of my shit team had on my ranking. So I did slide back to 13,120th. So I am into that the 10,000 um, area now, unfortunately. And it seems like every week that I, I tend to make a little bit of progress, it's followed with a fall. So I need to correct that. Need to get it corrected. And hopefully like it, it's like, yeah, almost every second week I'm like up, down, up, down, up, down. But like over time, it's actually like decreasing. So it's it's not too good. Uh, in terms of the trades. So I thought I was going to be actually in for a decent score or at least a half decent week after bringing in two primos in the form of Doherty and Brayshaw. 
And Doherty ended up completing, also I thought, my defense, um, <laughs> not factoring in Whitfield, of course. And then Brayshaw coming in at uh, M7 and only having to play the one rookie, which uh, on the weekend was Hobbs, who actually performed quite um, quite well mm. uh, as a rookie. Um, and then I also brought in the that man who we just spoke of, uh, the most popular cash cow in Rioli at the, uh, the expense of, so when uh, Noddy was out, Dacos was out, and... The man yes. who I just will never forgive. It's almost on like the never again list. Everyone knows it's Butters. That's me. Uh, so he turned in a score in excess. Like I knew it was going to happen. Happened to you, Liam. It did. When you traded him out, he turned it around for, for one week, mind you, and yeah. uh, smashed out a score in excess of 100 like he did on the weekend. So uh, it's, it's one of those things, I think. I, I think I'm looking, I'm trying to look at the, the silver lining though, because if I did keep him, I would have sort of had a bit of a, a half idea that he would have scored well enough against, you know, a hapless North Melbourne side. Um, but it means that I would have kept him and more than likely he's going to score shit on the weekend. So it would have prolonged yeah. the uh, the pain. Um, well, but, we, you know, we've discussed his issues with playing at Adelaide Oval. Yes. He does play at Cadinia Park this week. So not, not at Adelaide ah. Oval, but he's playing against Geelong who he has a high score of 53 against and a low score of 43 against. <laughs> so Wait, how many, how many games has he played against? So he only played the two games. So the two, those but are still. Only two scores. But it's not great. A run of form against that team there. And then he comes up against the Dons, but at Adelaide Oval. So you never know. Uh, then plays Richmond at the MCG and then two games in a row at Adelaide Oval. So it's a it's a bit of a rough sort of couple of weeks potentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not I'm necessarily hoping anyway. in his opponents, but but sort of in where he plays. Yeah, I'm hoping for my my own sanity's sake anyway that he doesn't continue with uh, the good mm. form because I'll be kicking myself. Uh, but anyway, let's let's move on to uh, to some good uh, in terms of my team. So Sicily continues his insane run of form with a 141. And I think he's hands down the best trade-in of the season to date for mm. me. Uh, he's absolutely killing it. And no matter the matchup, he just just smashes it. So um, tip of the cap to you, uh, fine sir. Uh, in terms of the bad, I must say Whitfield, he's, he's, he's almost, he's quickly becoming a feature of this segment for me. But again, mm. much like you mentioned earlier, Liam, I place the blame on that man, the outgoing man, Leon Cameron. And, you know, you never like to celebrate a bloke losing his job. But... In this case, <laughs> I will, because he resigned. He resigned. He resigned. He, he fell yeah, on his own right. sword. Yep. All right. He, he probably, said, probably I'm through done. pressure. Probably through pressure, but he's he's not deserving to be a senior coach. If you've been if you've been in if you've been coaching a side for nine years and you fail to identify the best role for your key players to get the best out of them, you don't deserve to be their, their senior coach. So I'm going to be very interested to see how the caretaker coach in Spike McVeigh. One of the uh, one of the former dons. You'll be familiar with him, mm. Liam. Uh, so hopefully he has a bit more sense about him and plays Whitfield and Cogs in their true positions. So um, the Supercoach community, as one, let's gather together and join us, Liam. Let's quote Ari Gold from Entourage as we farewell Leon Cameron fittingly with a... You're fired. And in case your ears are fucked, get the fuck out! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so oh, farewell, Leon. Gosh. 
all the very best in your future endeavors. No doubt he's going he's gonna to stick around. But uh, let's move on to the ugly. Um, yep. Even though that was pretty ugly, the way that uh, I fared well, Leon. Yeah, uh, it harsh. may be harsh. To go from one harsh <laughs> critique to another, I know he's only played the three games. He's only a rookie, but Morris Rioli Jr., what a failure. Even if I hadn't fielded him, the fact that he now has a seven, and this is probably more so why he's in the ugly, he now has a seven in his rolling average for the next three weeks. So that's going to halt his price rise, which, you know, going to the weekend looked like he was going to be skyrocketing to, you know, 100K plus, which he still may do. He can correct it. But I mean, in the short term, I must admit, I was seduced by the name in this case. Morris Riola Jr., you know, good pedigree. And, you know, he scored quite well in his, his first couple of games. Didn't really rely on goals to, to get his scores. Mm-hmm. But lesson learned, I think, for me going forward. Don't be seduced by the name, by the allure of the uh, of the name. But um, let's have a look-see, Liam, at our head-to-head. Yes, let's do that. Damon, you've had the seven wins uh, to my two losses uh, with a point differential of 273. Mm. Yes, like we said, it was a it was a very 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 close one, only three points separating us. So whilst the win loss margin has extended, and it doesn't look pretty, but doesn't matter because there's two parts to this, and the overall point differential is the other part of it, and that really hasn't changed too much across the journey of the season so far. So that means it could well and truly run over me over the rest of the season. So um, I may win the battle, you may win the war. So Hopefully. let's let's see what happens. But anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on from that, and uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about the talking points that came out of the weekend with with a little segment that we like to call the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to tell. Thursday, never looking back. It's Friday, I'm in love. In the week that was. We keep you up to date on all of the key talking points out of the latest round of AFL. And there's some big injury news affecting 31% of the competition with Jack Steele succumbing to a shoulder injury in his game against the Cats. Did play out the game, which was very noble of him. Uh, mm. I think I actually, I, I saw it. I messaged you as soon as I, as soon as it happened, I was like, Jack Steele's done his shoulder. Yeah. And then. Because I was, I was I you're, in, you're in isolation, of course. Yeah. yeah. So literally, I was watching. I I saw a lot of stuff. I saw a lot of stuff <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> it's like you're having flashbacks. <laughs> when I saw him do his shoulder, I was like, "Oh no!" Because he just had that look on his face that was like, it didn't look like he was in pain, but he looked mm. like he knew what he'd done. Yeah. Like he was just he clutched at it, and he was Business like comfort. on the bench, and it was just like you could just tell there was this look of resignation on his face. And I think I messaged you straight away. I was like, he's done his shoulder. I don't know if he's coming back out. And then I think I flipped over to the other game for a bit or whatever happened. Um, I'd have made myself something to eat or whatever. And then he was back out and I was like, oh, okay, maybe he's, yeah. maybe he's okay. And then yeah. it was clearly not that he was okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, yep. so he's going to be out for at least, you'd probably expect the next six to eight weeks. So mm-hmm. going to have to find a suitable replacement for the, for the man of steel. Um, but we'll chat about that in the next segment. Yes, and uh, another notable out for super coaches is that of Leon Cameron resigning from his position as head coach of GWS, as I delightfully mentioned in the previous oh. segment. What's that? What's that? Uh, that German phrase? Schadenfreude, oh, yeah. or whatever it is. is it yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. Where you take but, uh, you take yeah. delightment out of yeah the misfortunes of others. Schadenfreude or something or Schadenfreude. 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 Yeah. I don't know. Schadenfreude. I'm not, I'm not yeah, German. that's probably better. 
Yep, shot on trial. Yeah. So I think that's uh, that's how we're that's how we're feeling at the moment. <laughs> but I mean, hopefully, it does mean that we finally get a chance to see the likes of um, Cogs and Whitfield play in the positions that they're suited to. Um, and yeah, hopefully, it takes uh, Spike a week to realise what their true positions are compared to uh, Leon's. Um, yeah, he did uh, had a bit of time up his sleeve, nine years, in fact, to um, to try and work that out, but uh, failed to do so. So, tip of the cap to you, Leon, on the way out. Do you reckon? Like he obviously, Sheedy was the coach there first, and you know Sheedy was well known mm. for just throwing the magnets around. Do you yep, reckon Sheedy was just like to him, just throw the magnets around, and he just took it literally and was like, I don't, "I'm not going to change him back." <laughs> like throw them around once, and you reckon? Yeah, you reckon it? he's like, you reckon Sheedy was like saying it like figuratively, not literally, yeah. and you'd see Cameron yeah, like yeah, in the just... coach's box throwing up the magnets and seeing where they land. That's probably yeah, like what like... his coaching style was. Surprised uh, Toby Green wasn't in the rock at any stage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Yep. Amazing. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's uh, let's fire up the trade machine and jump straight into the next segment, and that is The Price is Right. The price is wrong, bitch. In The Price is Right, we run through the top buy, sell, hold, and wait options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros and cons and what we'll be doing with our teams this week. And starting off with uh, the hold category, which holds holds just the one player uh, for this week. And it's a bit of a contentious one. I mean, you can probably go either side. And it is that man we've been speaking throughout the episode so far in Stephen Cornelio, uh, selectable as a midfielder forward. Priced at 429.2K, averaging an 88.2 with a break-even of 146. And uh, I guess with the break-even 146, goes without saying that he's likely to hemorrhage a little bit of cash. However, <laughs> there's still reason to hold him. So there's, there's, there's a bit of a however. So there's a, there is upside here. Yeah. And, you know, he could be a serviceable, looking sort of longer term, I guess. He could be a serviceable, you know, F6 uh, F7 even off the bench if you can loop him potentially down the line if you uh, if you can afford that with trades and uh, and money uh, going forth. But the main thing is, is his role going to change? And under a new coach in Spike McVeigh, and also, so that's that's one tick. Second of all, coming off the back of a loss, you mm. suggest there's a fair chance that uh, there's going to be structural changes that will be made. And he's going to, ch- you know, change a few things, try a few new things as well. The third thing is that he faces West Coast and North Melbourne in two of his next three games, starting with the Eagles this weekend. And unfortunately, Brisbane is sandwiched in between there. But but factoring these three points in, I think he could be a hold. And I think coming out of the weekend, before even looking, uh, you know, into the future, with the crystal ball as to how he's going to perform and who he's facing. I was thinking, yep, he, he might have to go. And you actually, you alerted me to this because you're like, what about his mm. break even? He's going to lose a lot of cash. And then had a closer look, got the microscope out, had a look at him. And um, it actually looks, I, I know we've been very pessimistic over the past few episodes and rightfully so because our, our teams have been going to shit, but you've got to be optimistic as well. And there's three things there that you can be optimistic about. And I think you could also extend this to Whitfield as well, which I think a lot of people, and I was, I was probably more so in the camp of getting rid of Whitfield as opposed to Cogs, um, just because I'm so fed up with him. But, you know, having said all that as reasons as to why you should hold him, 
I, I will not blame any frustrated coaches out there that may want to trade him. Um, but I think strategy-wise, it could pay off to, to zig, as they say, zig whilst others zag and hold him in the hope that they start producing quality yeah. scores that we know that they can they can produce. That they've, they've got a foundation over the years. We've seen what they can do when they're played in correct positions and when they're fit. And it looks as though they're fit enough. I know Cogs copped a little bit of a, a knee to the back um, in a marking contest. I think um, uh, Doherty uh, came in and um, need him in the back and Cogs was in need of a doctor, but not, not that sort of doctor. Um, but I think... Keeping both of these guys means that strategically you may get an edge over the competition. Um, it just comes down to whether you can afford to wait, really. Um, you know, if we don't see much of a change, like say, for example, we see a change in roles for both of the guys, that's favorable, but they're not producing, you know, the high scores. Maybe you need to reassess, but I think it, it probably is worth, there's, there's enough element there of questionability to, to, to stick by them. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Liam? I'm torn. <laughs> You're torn. Genuinely, I'm torn. Um, <clears throat> I think the high break even scares me. I mean, he, he scored 149 this year, I'm pretty sure, or 145. Mm-hmm. Um, off the top of my head, it was high 140s. Sorry, it was in the 140s um, is his highest score. Yeah, so it's not out of the yep. realms that he he scores that again and just makes a little yep. bit of cash. Um, <laughs> I think it's unlikely. Uh, but so his high break even is my concern. But I, I, I just think there's too much potential for him to have a positive role change. I mean, we did also, in fairness, we have also seen a fair bit of volatility in his scoring across the year. So it's not like, mm. it's not like this is a one-off game yep. that he's been a bit volatile um you know we've had to ride as we've said he's, he scored 149 i'm just trying to get his scores up sorry oh he's ra- round three against the suns he did it yeah and so yeah he said that volatility so i mean you kind of got to accept that um so i'm i agree with you to an extent i don't mind holding him um but if you can get him up to a genuine primo which is questionable in the forward line to be perfectly honest mm-hmm. um yeah that's that that's my main concern like i'm looking at my trades trying to upgrade in the forward line and i'm like oh i don't know i don't know who to trust um heaney's you know had a bit of a down a sort of in a a bit of a downward spiral a little bit um you know can you really take a trelaw a libertore as a you know can you fill your whole forward line with with dogs players um bont potentially coming up as well um you know, there's there's a lot of options, but I just don't know. It's hard to trust the forwards at this stage. Um, so the, I think the, it's sort of in that basis. I'd always told. Yeah, the uh, the one thing as well, just with Cogs, I'm just having a look at his CBAs, and he only really had uh, opportunity in the middle in the first two rounds with 59% and 55%, and then from then on, he had some 12%, 21%, 11%, 5%, 3%. And we just almost phased out completely from the uh, CBA rotations. And then in the past two weeks, he's had 20% and 23%. But that really hasn't translated to any scores. But I think the one good thing about him in terms of like his scoring hasn't been, you know, hasn't blown us away, but it hasn't been too bad. He scored 80s, 99, 149, 96, 91, 108, 70. So I think Whitfield is probably the more problematic of the two, if you're going to say that. Yeah. But I think... 
yeah, uh, the one thing like with his scoring from week to week that's been underpinned by is his tackles. He's had five, four, five, four, eight, five, seven, five, and three. So I think that's the one thing that's kind of setting a bit of a, a bit of a high-ish floor. So, I mean, it's not really a high floor, but looking at his scores, he hasn't really hit his ceiling, um, he could say. So, I mean, that's reason enough to be positive about that. Okay, if he's going to get more CBAs, there is actually, because his floor isn't, isn't too low. I think that suggests probably a high ceiling to me anyway, but it's, it's up no, to, I, I think it's up to the eye of the beholder as to where you want to go. Yeah. But And whether you've got issues across the field um, that you need to deal with as well. Um, yeah. So for me personally, I've obviously got steel. Um, I do have Caldwell who potentially may be out, may play, not sure. Um, he also suffered a bit of an injury to his shoulder. Um, if he's out, I've got to deal with him. Mm. Um, it sort of just makes it hard for me to have to worry about a cogs as well, especially looking at a forward um, who I just, I just don't know who to trust. I'm going to just leave my forwards until the last minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, that was my plan from the get go. I think is like, we spoke about yeah. early days as well that, you know, you can identify obviously in the midfield, there's so many different options, um, but they're good options and you can probably, you know, narrow it down to, you know, between eight, to maybe 12 players, top 12 players. Mm. And if you get a player that's outside the top, you know, eight, <clears throat> at least you know you're going to get a decent return. Whereas, you know, uh, in the um, probably to an extent as well with the defense, you knew that Short was going to be good. Crisp was going to come good. Doherty's come from the clouds, but, you know, only took three weeks or thereabouts to know that he was a real deal and he was back to full fitness. Hewitt's been mm. a revelation. Um, Sicily's been great. Uh, one of the best defenders this year so far. Um but you have a look up forward and apart from Dunkley, who's been most, most reliable, there isn't really anyone else that you can hang your hat on. I mean, Brody, who was the, you know. Again, came from the clouds to an extent. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And everyone started with Canelio because he was so cheap. Um, and, you know, the value for, for dollar that you're getting there was, was quite high. Nick Martin's revelation as well. Had a bit of a downer on the weekend, but you can afford that. He's, he's put in the yards. Um, and then you've got guys, you know, rookies virtually like McCartan, DeConning, you know, rookie priced in terms of that. Um, McCartan, DeConning, and then other guys as well that have come through, but haven't been really reliable. And there aren't th that many reliable primos. Heaney's had a bit of a downer, like you mentioned before. Yeah, Parker's started weeks. to come good. Um, he's, he's maybe the, the second four that I'm most confident in. But having mm -hmm. said that, you know, I say most confident with inverted commas there um, because even then, um, he didn't come good until maybe a month ago or thereabouts. And prior to that, he was pretty, pretty ordinary just in terms of his yeah. structure and the role. Um, so yeah, maybe it's worthwhile <laughs> waiting until the buys and, and upgrading over there. Well, I mean, looking at the top, as you said, the top six current forwards, uh, Josh Dunkley makes sense, would be pretty obvious to most people. Heaney's on a current downer. His three round average is 90. Uh, Luke Parker's, again, as I, I agree with you, Libertore really come from mm. come from just a change in role back into the middle, um, but obviously being forward eligible. You got Brody, and then you got Tom Lynch, who is oh, just wow. basically getting there based off the fact that he's kicking bags. Um, yeah, and past three weeks, he's bloody got one hundred and fifty yeah. plus um, and killed it. Yep. So his his three round average is one hundred and fifty eight point seven. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not something you can uh, trust. <laughs> no, 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 don't, I'm no way suggested to trade him in. So I think that's yeah. where my mindset is with that is even when I was looking at what I could do 
with my forwards, there's just no one I really trust enough um, to bring in at this stage. Yep. Yeah, very nice. Well, um, that was a good discussion on um, Canilio and Winfield mm. by extension. Um, let's let's move into the uh, the sell category. Megalo, 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 Grand Sile, Grand Sile, Grand Sile. Obviously, the first one is uh, is Jack Steele. Yep, Jack Steele, midfield eligible. Uh, 590.8K with an average of 109.6 and a break even of 199. The man of steel courageously played on through his injury, but scans have unfortunately shown he requires surgery on his AG, AC joint, meaning he uh, is likely to miss up to eight weeks. Uh, unfortunately, for that reason, he is a trade. Yes, very much so. Um, and we'll we'll delve into shortly who the other uh, best yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess by candidates are uh, in terms of primos and, and maybe another strategy that you could use uh, to um, to zig whilst others zag. Uh, but the next candidate to sell, and it's probably <laughs> one guy that is deserving of a rest, and it is Connor McDonald. He is midfield forward eligible, priced at 207.1K, averaging a 43.1 with a break-even now of 49. And, you know, when teams are released – he was listed initially like the previous week as being rested, yeah. but the Hawks are just refusing to give this poor young bloke a rest. So for the <laughs> second week in a row, he was brought in uh, this week as a sub previous week. He was brought in as a late inclusion, uh, yeah. but he did manage to score a 30 coming on before halftime on the weekend and went up another 3.7 K. So um, very, very nice by the youngster there to, uh, to keep us in mind, to keep the, uh, the cash generation ticking over. But, with his break even of 40 now, 49 now higher than his three-round average of 42.7, it's time to cash him in. It's uh, he's, he's done well. I think he's made... <laughs> Has he? He's, <laughs> he's made 80, 87K, I think. I was only, only 87. I thought he was ticking up to 100K. Nah. nah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll retract that comment then. But I, I speak of that in comparison <laughs> to another Hawks youngster that was very popular that fell flat mm. on his face in Josh Ward. So uh, comparing the pair, he hasn't, got, hasn't done too badly. Okay, he, he was sorry. relatively cheap. McDonald hasn't done as bad. He did make just a smidge under 90K. There we go, yes. There we just go. Just a smidge. I'll, 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 I'll retract my statement. He was he was very much the epitome of, or he is the the uh, the epitome of a slow burn cash cow. Mm. He's just, yeah. he's kept it ticking over, which is good. I mean, the alternative is having someone like a Rioli score a seven and then bloody just nose diving their, uh, their cash gen. So look at the positives. I'm just, I'm trying yeah, to be upbeat. Trying to, very trying true, to be, very true. <laughs> yeah. Now let's but, move on to another uh, popular um, rookie and that is Nick Dacos, Nick Dacos, midfield eligible and defensive eligible, 381.4K with an average of 81.4 and a break-even of 75. So he does have that higher break-even of 75 and he has fattened quite nicely, already making uh, 187.6K. Uh, yeah. So he could actually be a hold or a trade. I think it depends on your individual circumstances and team structure. His three-round average is uh, 74.7, so right on that 75 um, and he's just averaging in general 81.4. So, I mean, you could probably hold him for another week if you needed to. Um, I probably will be doing that this week, personally. Very, very nice. And um, let's move on to the buy category. And uh, all of these players, which we'll speak about, speak about now, 
A players that headline as the best replacement options for steel. Mm. So uh, first up, we have probably the arguably arguably the most popular option, and it is Rory Laird. Uh, he's selectable just as a midfielder, priced at six thirty four point two k, averaging a one twenty two point nine with a break even of one hundred and eight. And um, I guess he presents as one of the most reliable options. Uh, because he's only fallen below 110 once this season with a 93 in his first game after suffering a hand injury, of course. So just worked his way into it, and he is paying dividends, uh, especially for those people that jumped on early days. Um, but you'll have to fork out an extra 34K for Steele to Laird, but um, I think it's worth it. I mean, the, his scoring and the fact that he's got that that massive floor um, shows that, especially if, in, if you're going, your main priority is head-to-head, leagues um if you're in cash leagues and whatnot this is going to pay dividends from week to week because you know that he's going to come in with that real high floor and even if he has a bit of an off game he's going to deliver a 93 at very least so that but also the other good thing which will change of course but at the moment he's only in two percent of teams um but that'll probably inflate to <laughs> who knows maybe 10 percent thereabouts um maybe yeah well he's more. already been traded in by about 4.7 percent of teams so he's going to be up at least 7% you'd yeah. expect. The one, I think the one saving grace is that might put a bit of a cap on the number of people that go for him is the fact that you have to fork out that extra 34K. And mm-hmm. some people may not have that money in the bank already, or they may not afford to, you know, use another trade to, to generate that cash to make up the difference. So yeah. I think he'll still be a relative pod um, in comparison to others. Yeah, I think he's he's probably out and out the most standout option of the lot that we're going to talk about. But uh, who else do we have, Liam? Yes, we have uh, – <clears throat> he's in your side, actually. Andrew Brayshaw, uh, another mid-eligible player, 557K, averaging 116.4 with a break-even of 100. And he comes at a discount on his starting price. Uh, he's dropped about 27.3K um, from, from where he started at the start of the season. Uh, so he is ranked as the seventh best mid in Supercoach, um, and he represents. I think he does present, sorry, as a pretty solid value. Uh, but like Petrarca, um, who we'll touch on a bit later, his floor isn't as high as some of the more, I want to say, bona fide mids. Um, he's fallen below 100 on four occasions, including on the weekend off memory. Yes, he scored 94. Yep. <laughs> and just looking at his three round average of 101.7. And his five-round average of 108.2. I'm not so certain that he's the best pick. I know you picked him. I think he presents his value. Yeah, um, that's the main main sticking point for me. Was but value. for me, his my concern with him is that his scoring seems to have sort of just hit a bit of a bit of a divot. I want to say. Mm-hmm. No, it's very 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 true. Um, <clears throat> I guess the one thing with him is so he's facing Collingwood on the weekend. At um, I guess it's a home game, isn't it? Back at um, oh, uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. Sorry, uh, MR, what's MR? Uh, Marvel. Oh, no, it's Marvel. Okay, um, but his past few scores against the Pies have been 110, 106, and he's had a 74. But I think longer term, you've got to remember that uh, Nat Fife is on his way back, mm. and I think with him. Being back in there, he might go a bit under the radar uh, when it comes to opposition teams. So, 
I know that uh, Fife has returned to training now, so I don't know if he's going to make his return this weekend, but I think longer term it may bode well just in terms of his role and, um, yeah, I guess he's scoring long term. Um, but, yeah, you're totally right. That was the main thing for me is that he's he's got that, that value um, about yeah. him at his current price point. He's still um, the seventh uh, best midfielder, scoring midfielder at the moment. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's an option uh, and he's probably, you know, comes in, what's that, five, about 80, 80K thereabouts um, cheaper than Laird. But with that comes that uh, lesser reliability on scoring from week to week. Yes, and just quickly, just to update, actually, to correct, he is playing at Optus Stadium, but uh, interesting that oh. they had MR. Yeah. So he is playing Mate. at home. Maybe they didn't correct it because it would have been a floating fixture. Maybe when they, you know, initially Supercoach yeah, did that yeah. and they just assumed that it may have been, I don't know. But anyway, yes, he's uh, he's very much an option to consider. The next option is another player that's um, probably considered value at the moment and it is Christian Petrarca, priced at 578.8K, averaging a 116.8 with a break-even of 99. And um, he comes at that discount of 27.4K, on his starting price. And uh, his lower price means, of course, that you'll make some cash if you trade steel down to him. Um, and I guess the one knock on him is that he hasn't really got the highest floor of the midfield options, very much like Brayshaw, falling below 100 on three occasions. But he has, uh, I guess, a very, very sizable ceiling at times. Yeah. Um, and it is boosted by his, you know, his knack for kicking goals, drifting forward, Um and just absolutely killing it for the Ds. So, yeah, I mean, at the moment, he is ranked as the sixth best midfielder. Um, so, one to consider. And, might I add, he comes up against North this weekend. Ah, big one. Big one, of course. So, so I'll just leave that in everyone's <laughs> to in think hands. about its little little hands. Uh, yes. And, yes, just, just, just something to, to consider. Just consider it. But anyway, let's move on to another very popular option um, based off the trade-ins for this round so far. Uh, sitting at, he's the fifth most traded in player, um, come in to 4.5% of trades. Uh, and that is Callum Mills, mid-eligible, 669.5K, going to set you back a little bit, with an average of 125.3 and a break-even of 167. Wow. I've got and some thoughts on this and you're going to hear he's going to drop. <laughs> Good, good. Because I've got a few thoughts and you're probably going to cover them off. So far cool. away. Let's, let's go. Mills is the second highest ranked mid in 2022. And you know what? He has a massive ceiling um, mm. with his top three scores of 147. His score on the weekend of 167 and a mammoth 214. Uh, so I see why people are making this trade. Like I understand it. Mm. But you know what? I don't. I don't actually understand it. And I feel it's a little bit foolhardy. Break even yeah. of 167. Now, just, just bear with me on this one. Supercoach Gold has him set to drop by just 6.7K with a projected score of 152. Get out now, of here. Look, you know what? I'm just going to... Yeah, okay, whatever. All right, fair enough. That's what Supercoach Gold projects. Uh, <laughs> it seems pretty high considering he does face Carlton, who he has an... He averaged 90 against across seven games with a highest score of 117. Yeah. Nah. 
Unless unless like, Supercoach Gold have like the crystal ball, the Supercoach Edge crystal ball, and they can accurately predict that he's going to score that much, they're, they're dreaming. Well, Tell them they're dreaming. His three-round average is 122, and his five-round average is 139, but that's not 150. I just don't quite yeah. know where they're, where they're getting this projected score from. So just factor in that he's probably going to drop by a considerably more than 6.7K. Yeah. Um, all right. Now you also need to shell out almost 70K to move from steel to mills. Uh, whereas a trade to someone like Laird, that'll cost you 34K. <clears throat> yep. But now let's consider the difference in his best or his higher end scoring and his lower end scoring. So mills... So essentially I've looked at his uh, quartile three scores and his quartile one scores. So his lower scores and his sort of higher end scores. Um, and the range is quite big at 63. So his range between his best and his worst is quite large. Mm. On the other hand, you look at someone like Laird and it's just 14.5 points. So his ceiling isn't obviously as high as Laird, as, as Mills, um, but Laird is going to be more consistent. You can pretty well rely on what Laird is going to score. Um, Mills, on the other hand, you know, he's got that 200 and whatever it was, 214, but he's also got a 60 in his, in his scoring. Um, the other thing, just had a little bit of a look at Mills average at the SCG versus other grounds comparing scores since the start of 2021, uh, Mills averages 108.3 at the SCG, which is obviously his home ground and 123.5 at other venues. So he's not scoring as well at home um, or he doesn't average as well at home. Um, and he's set to play another six games at the SCG this year. So just, you know, keep that in mind. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that Mills is a bad pick overall um, at all. Like I think he's, he's, he's going to be a great pick. I just don't think this is the week to bring him in. I think it's just, it, it's mind blowing that you're going to spend 669.5 K and he potentially next week is, you know, down at 650. Yeah, I'm very much, just to keep it short, I'm very much in the same camp as well. I mean, you've just got to look. I actually hold more weight. I know, obviously, five games is a, is a bigger sample size compared to the three-game or three-round average. Yeah. But the three-round average, obviously, is more reflective of the current form that he's in. And at the moment, I mean, just comparing the pair when it comes to, you know, using Laird as an example, three-round average between both of them. Mills is 122 and Laird is 127. And I mean, obviously, five round average for Mills is one thirty nine to Laird's one twenty four. But you have a look at at who he's played and what he scored in the past five rounds. And so he's played West Coast, Hawthorne, and Essendon, who he's absolutely mm-hmm. beat up. To his credit, he actually scored quite well against Brisbane, a quality team with one thirty nine. Mm. But and and sorry, if you extend that out to six games, he played North with a one thirty. So he's actually. Sydney have had a really good fixture uh, in terms of the way that it's laid out. But uh, I think I think when you're comparing him and Laird, I would hands down choose Laird nine times out of 10 over, over Mills. Just, just yep, value for money, I think. I mean, the difference is only 35K or thereabouts. But I mean, the 35K at the end of the season could prove the dis- difference between upgrading to you know, uh, an ultra primo or a primo. So you've always got to keep that in mind and, and, you know, you don't have to be a tight ass about things, but when you're looking at, you know, comparative scores and comparative primos, they're kind of in the same realm, 
but they're separated by that 35k, which is quite strange and quite stark. And Mills is going to drop; he'll drop in price, hundred percent. Mm. Strange. Well, two, like that two fourteen drags up his five round average to one thirty nine. If you look at the rest of his scores in that five round average, it's one sixty seven, obviously quite high. Sixty, one thirty nine, the two fourteen, and the one seventeen. Mm. So. I mean, it's going to be high, but it's it's dragged up quite a lot by that 139. It's very inflated, um, especially when you consider there's a 60 in there. Um, yeah. So I think just just bear that in mind um, to an extent. Across both of those weeks. So he's made a bulk of his cash in two weeks, which is round six against the Hawks with 214 and round seven with the 139. Both of those weeks, he went up 56.7K and 459K which is just unheard of, unless, of course, you're Tom Lynch and you're kicking bags of goals uh, for two, three weeks in a row. But that in itself shows how inflated his price has gone up that much off the back of two weeks, not off the back of, you know, a scoring span of, you know, two months worth of, of scoring. So yeah, it's very much a short-term thing. I think, yeah, I, as I said, I don't, I'm not against the pick. I think it's just the wrong week. Yeah, yep. You bring him in this week and he's going to drop probably 20k at least um, yeah and if he does as well if he has a bit of a downer because in round eight he's got the 60 that's going to stay in his rolling average for next week as well so if he mm-hmm. has another 60 on the weekend it's going to be 60 60 and a 167 and he's going to drop especially considering his break even's 167 at the moment so just keep it in mind. Keep it in mind, I think. But um, yeah, like yeah. you, I think he's I think he's still a good good pick and he will be a top eight mid, I think, at this stage. Um, but just in terms of what other options are out there, um, there are better options, I think. Hmm. But let's move on to uh, to the running man in Took Miller. Another really good option. Priced at 632.2K, averaging a 119.6 with a break-even of 120. And the running man. He has bounced back after some worrying signs earlier in the year with scores of 150, 122, and 130 in his most recent games for a three-game average of 134. So I think it goes without saying, he is another very, very good pick that you just can't go yeah. wrong with. Super reliable. No, agree entirely there. Um, not much has to be said about it. I think it's just, it's just he's a good pick. It is um, what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, and then I guess just looking at it, there's another option, I guess, and that is primos on other lines. So obviously doing some uh, DPP switches if possible. So you could also trade him to you know, another primo such as Luke Parker or Heaney up forward, uh, maybe a Sicily or a Doherty in defense. Um, and this presents, I guess, as a rare opportunity to potentially strengthen another line in team that is weaker Um potentially. Um, so it's just good to explore all the avenues that you have up your sleeve, um, especially with the mids, which tend to have decent or seemingly have decent enough, um, you know, rookie scores. So you can potentially, you know, trade him out, swap a day cost back into your midfield and then trade in a, a Sicily. Um, that's probably a decent enough scoring um, opportunity for you there. Absolutely. Uh, let's move to on the bubble. And we're going to chat about the most viable players on the bubble this week because there are a few, but these are the uh, the best of the best, I guess. And top in the list is probably goes without uh, question. Greg Clark of the Eagles. Uh, he's midfield eligible, priced at 117.3K, averaging 83 with a break-even of negative 97. And uh, obviously speaks for itself. Mature age, highly rated, scoring nicely, and he's getting decent opportunity in the midfield, as he did on the weekend with 72%. CBA. So 
he's just a, a lock and load must have rookie mm. of the year i think love it he'll be making his way into my side this week uh, another option from the bulldogs is buku Karmas. Uh, defensive eligible, 127.4K with an average of 53.5 and a break-even of minus 32. Now, it's not necessarily, I guess, a must-have, but if you're in need of a downgrade option in defence, uh, Karmas presents as one on the bubble. Despite being listed as a defender, he is playing as a forward uh, for the Doggies and performing well enough in his spot, having kicked three goals on the weekend. But if you prefer to wait, there is another another option in defence. The dogs are the, the dogs are gifting us, and uh, that is Cleary at the slightly cheaper price of one hundred seventeen point three k. And he did score sixty one in his first game. Probably a little bit more sure um, with his uh, role as well um, in the in the back line for the dogs, who are obviously screaming out for for some key, key position players in their defensive line. Um, I don't mind him. I'm probably considering bringing him in, um, potentially trading out someone like a, a McDonald and then using some DPP switches to uh, to to get him in. So we won't be, I won't be relying on his scores. He'll be sitting on my bench, um, but just a, a sort of a handy cash cow that just sits there. The one good thing about um, his uh, offsider in, in Cleary, if you wanted to wait, was he actually had seven marks on the weekend. Um, granted, it was against mm. the uh, against the Pies, but um yeah he is sort of another option if you if you can't afford to wait oh sorry if you can afford to wait he he's another option but um uh Karmis looks like he's uh he's actually got a, a nice role in the other uh, forward line of all things for the, for the dogs which is strange but um rounding it out is another option and it is uh, a mature age option one that hasn't played for, for quite a while up until this year and it is Roy Thompson of the Suns uh, defensive eligible, 123.9K, averaging a 44.5 with a break-even of negative 16. And I must say, for those of you who have been playing Supercoach for quite a number of years, like myself, he is the the best equivalent. He just reminds me so much of Simon Prestigiacomo of years past, who used to front up for the Pies in defense, because he's a, a, a genuine lockdown key position defender, and he's only worthy of being selected as a warm body on your bench as cover across the buys, that's it. Like you don't want him on your field at all, but he's virtually like a, he's like a non-playing player in a sense. Like he's not going to yeah. come out and, and give you awesome big scores or be uh, an intercept marker uh, of the quality of like a Tom Stewart. He's just literally a nuts and bolts lockdown defender. So I was going to, I was going to call him the inanimate carpet rod of, uh, of bench players because he doesn't really fill a role, but I think he's a bit more than that. Um, He's just, I'm going to call him a warm body. He's a warm body. If you really want yeah. to go down that route, but we've got Karmas, we've got um, Cleary coming up. So you don't really need to go down that route. And I probably wouldn't, wouldn't um, encourage people doing so. No, no. But I think that sort of speaks to the, to the level of other, um, he was probably the next, I mean, he's, he's been traded in Damon. He yep. is uh, the 10th most traded in player for this round by 2% Woo. of teams. Not, not one for <laughs> me personally. <laughs> Now, uh, in celebration of our next segment, which a lot of people would know is coming up, here's a bit of a throwback to an old uh, bird's eye fish fingers ad, which was a staple of my childhood. Uh, so, so for those of you out there that are as, as old and somewhat wise as me, um, here's a throwback to an ad in the late 90s where they yell, We want the captain. Are you hungry? If your crew gets restless, there'll be mutiny. We want the captain. So give them the goodness of bird's eye for tea. We 
Crunching golden like pieces of eight. We want the captain. Out of the oven and onto the plate. We want the captain. A range that's balanced from the first bite. We want the captain. With nary a thing artificial in sight. Except for me leg. We want captain. Bird's eye. Yes, I'm the captain. We want the captain. Give us the captain, Liam. All right, we've got some. We've got some. We've got some good options this week for you. Uh, We'll run through quickly. We scrounged through the data and we found the best options for you. Uh, First up, in the first game of the round, we've got Paddy Cripps, the Hallicopter, against Sydney on Friday night at 7.50 p.m. at Marvel Stadium, averaging 128.25 over his last four against the Swans. Pretty good. Scores of 133, 108, 157, and 115. His second best average comes against the Swannies, averaging 111 over nine games. Juicy VC option there. Mm, very much so. Good old Heli Crypto. Uh, second up, we have Jack McRae, who faces Gold Coast on Saturday at 1.45 p.m. He's averaged 144.5 over his last four against the Suns with scores <laughs> of 146, 124, 169, and a 139. So that in combination with the Gold Coast, they give out the fourth most points of any side to inside midfielders. So he is sitting in prime position to have another day out and continue this nice run of form against the Suns. And he has his best average against this mob in the Suns, averaging a 135.6 from 11 encounters. So what a, you know, like a sample Stars. size that is. <laughs> they don't want to be because it seems like almost every second the planets. week, the planets are aligning. The yeah, that's how. <laughs> Get rid of him, VC Jack McRae. <laughs> just, just keep Halley Crypto on the landing pad and <laughs> jump on the Jack McRae rocket. He's rocketing. It's it's a rocket to the to the aligning planets. Yeah. Uh, very good option there. Uh, yeah. Next up, we've got Took Miller in that same game, uh, averaging 109. It's it's pretty harsh. He's averaging 109 in his last four against the Crows against the sorry the Dogs. Uh, with scores of 96, 120, 140, and 80. Uh, and you just ignore him. Ignore Took Miller. Go straight yep. for Jack McRae. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry about him. Soz Tuk-tuk. Soz Tuk-tuk. Yep. Sorry, mate. Keep on running. Uh, another option is uh, Clary Oliver faces the hapless North Melbourne on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. And he's averaged 109.25 over his last four against the Roos with scores of 116, 137, 109, and 75. So uh, it was a bit of a downer on the weekend, unfortunately, uh, for Clary, because I thought he was going to absolutely have a day out and punish me for uh, for mm. keeping uh, the C on, on Neil. But it wasn't to be. But um, who knows? I mean, against North Melbourne, he and anyone... Really, in Melbourne's lineup, can uh, can bounce back. So I uh, keep him in mind. Yes. Uh, next up, popular trading option: Rory Land against St Kilda on Saturday night at seven twenty seven thirty p.m. He's averaged one hundred and seventeen point seven five over his last four against the Saints, with scores of one thirty two, ninety one, one twenty four, and one twenty four. But he does have a three-round average of 127 and a five-round average of 124.8 and has only dropped below 122 times across seven games in 2022. Mm. So he's a very safe option if you, you know, you're 
just wanting a safe captaincy option on a, on a Saturday night. Sometimes <laughs> that's what you need. You just need yeah. to remember that you just need to, to bank on something that's, you know, a pretty sure bet. Yep. No, exactly right. Uh, next up, we have Lockie Neal who faces the, uh, the Hawks on Sunday at 3.20 p.m. And he's averaged 115.25 over his last four against the Hawks with scores of 70, 157, 114, and a 120. So the other thing to keep in mind, and we like uh, matchup exploitations, Liam, and the Hawks here give away the most points to inside midfielders. So uh, he could be in for a day out. He has averaged... He's averaging three in his three rounds, last three rounds, 141.7 as well. So Ooh. it's just, again, stars aligning. Stars aligning. Spoil, <laughs> spoil for choice today. I'm really, really yeah. happy with this. We are. We are. But, I mean, we were spoiled for choice the other week when mm. uh, when we thought Gorm was going to come out and absolutely pummel. Who was it? I can't remember who it was now. I've erased it from my memory. And we oh, had, the, yes. had the C that on him. That's true. Well, I didn't. And... I ended on Crips. So oh, I, I don't remember oh, I... that day. Uh, <laughs> nor do I. Nor do I. I don't even know what I'm talking about because I've erased it from my memory. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to go first? Uh, okay. Well, I think, yeah, as we said, stars <laughs> aligning. McRae um, is returning, you know, half-decent score every second week. So theory is if I stick by him again, I mean, he's, he's still doing well, but he's not doing well, well, like McRae well. Um, so if I stick by him again this week, he should surely return a good VC score. And with that uh, good matchup against the Suns, who he has beat up across the journey. I think uh, we're in for an absolute treat. Fingers crossed there. If he does fail, um, Oliver and Neil, I think, look to be the best or the next best two options of uh, of the potential captains. What about yourself? What have you yes. got? I think Neil will be my captaincy option. I don't think I've got too much to think about there. Probably going to go McRae. I like it. But, you know, the helicopter might tempt me a little bit. <laughs> You almost got me there. I almost spat my water out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to pull a sneaky again, like, you know, in our matchups and you're going to like take the C off Neil or do something sneaky and put it on Crips again. Like that week we just spoke of when I put the C. I, I thought you were going to go down the, the Gorn route and you didn't and you put it on Crips. And I thought, oh yeah, at least we're both doing shit. Nick Minute. Mm. Nah, I put the C on Crips. Gosh, yeah, Crips is. Yeah. <laughs> straight in, straight in. Straight uh, in. All right. Let's, uh, do you want to check out the, the Supercoach Edge group rankings, David? I think you've got some exciting news for us. Oh, I do indeed. It's a bit of a, <laughs> bit, of a tr- bit of a treat, a bit of a sweet treat, you could say, <laughs> if you want to call it sweet. Ugh. But anyway, um, <laughs> group rankings and the Supercoach Edge Cash League. <laughs> Let's check in with the group rankings. And it is, I'm going to call it a treat because it's a treat every single week. And it's been a treat for the past three weeks. Get this. So who do we who do we have? I, I can't remember them, but it was it was uh, Lever wanting Lever wanting more wanting was the more. highest score. Lever Lever wanting more. Yep, yep. And overall high score was Tyler with Steam Cream Pies, <laughs> ripping team name. And then uh, there was another Barney's one. Barney's best. Barney. Last week it was Barney's best as the highest scorer. Second week in a row, overall high score again. Tyler with his team cream pie. So Barney's best cream pies, but just to round out. And I was hoping for this. I was really quietly hoping for this. So if you're out there, Tyler, can you, can you tweet us in or, or face, you know, send us a message on Facebook, whatever, because you are providing endless entertainment to our, um, 
our dirty just minds a, just here. A, just a Damon. Oh, sorry, just, just to me. Just to me. <laughs> you, you're just laughing at my reaction. So this week, to round out the trilogy, we have oh. high score of the week for round eight. You wouldn't believe it. Tyler with his team, Cream Pies, <laughs> scoring 2,423 with a round rank of 284. The overall highest scorer. Can we have a drum roll, mm. please? We have Tyler with his team, Cream Pies. <laughs> we, have, we have what we could call a double serving of Cream Pies here. Oh. Three weeks in a row with a total score of 21,271. Sorry, it's two. Uh, 21,000, I'm getting too excited, 21,273 and an overall rank of 30 up from 73. And Mm -hmm. I refer to it as a trilogy, which makes me wonder, could could we go into this week with a bit of a tagline? Because just to celebrate the fact that he's the highest scorer and he's the overall highest scorer for the season. And I was thinking maybe, maybe something like Jaws, like, you know, the, you know, we're going to need a bigger boat. Something like that, or, or um, you know, American Pie. The uh, the tagline for that was uh, "There's something about your first piece." Uh, the other alternative taglines for that movie, which I think are quite applicable for this, which I didn't even realise was what were the taglines, was "Fill that sticky hole," or "Come again." <laughs> I think I, I think I prefer the last one <laughs> because that's the first thing that came to mind when I saw that that Tyler had. His team feeling, <laughs> feeling both positions. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Ooh. I don't know if you got anything to add for that, Liam. Um, no, I think we should just, just move what a trilogy. on. What a, what a box set. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll jump in. So if you want to enter the Supercoach Edge group, of which you can join at any time, the code is 142059. And anyone... With any entertaining names that you think could fit well with Tyler's team name, just join. Just join and do your very best to be the highest scorer for round nine. Oh, sorry, round round ten should say round that should 10, be so we've lost our marbles for round for round ten because if you're or even just change, I don't know if you can change the team name. I might do that for a week and see if I can be the highest scorer of the round. <laughs> Oh, there's so many options. Give you extra incentive. Yeah. <laughs> maybe my team, maybe the players my team actually might score well because of extra oh. incentive for them to score well. But um, what about the league rankings, Liam? Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, just a quick update uh, for the Supercoach Edge Crown League uh, for the Tier 3 Patreon subscribers and the winners from the round were Damon with his team DJ Trade a lot. Very nice. Arthur with his team Black on White. Brett with his team, the Sharpshooters, myself with Church of Parish, and very nice. I was very happy with that. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Bruce with his team, Shuin. That's it. That's it. That, that, is, that is literally it because it's the end of the show. But Oof. before we go, where can our listeners and viewers find us across our social channels? Yes, yeah, so you can find us on YouTube if you search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us at, at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at, at DamonJ88, at myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, and on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and on Facebook and Instagram, search Supercoach. <laughs> search Supercoach uh, Edge and Find us there. Sorry, I have. This is as far as my brain has worked this week. So I am. You've, you've done well. Struggling. 
I'm sorry to do this to you, Liam, because I know your, your brain is in the COVID <sighs> fog and uh, you've experienced what I experienced um, recording yeah. a show with that fogginess, but now you've had to deal with with this absolute calamity with the, the double serving. Uh, but speaking of double servings, looking at the time, I reckon it's, it's dessert time, Liam. It's dessert time. Let's let's wrap up the show and go and <laughs> go and enjoy a nice slice of warm apple pie. <laughs> Anything you want to add? No, no, I'm done. Okay, that's it. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We'll uh, we'll catch you uh, next week. (laughs) We'll see you then. Good luck for the weekend. See you, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 